Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Before we get into today's episode, I just want to take a minute to talk to you about making authentic friendships. You might remember the founder, Juliana Featherman, from episode 34 of Adventures in Autism. She is an autism sibling who created this amazing interactive web app that enables children ages 13 and up and adults with special needs to make friends based on age, interest, diagnosis, and geographic location. Parents and caregivers can also sign up to connect with other parents and caregivers. For more info or to sign up, head to makingauthenticfriendships.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Adventures in Autism, episode 104. I am Megan Carranza. Thank you so much for coming to listen. If it is your first episode, welcome. So happy to have you. And if you've been listening, thank you so much for coming on back to the show. I have a feeling that there are going to definitely be some new listeners today because of my amazing guest, who some of you are probably very familiar with, but I think this is a little bit of a different side to her. So my guest today is Whitney Gaynor, who I actually have been following for years because her and her sister have a furniture, home decor, home improvement blog business called Shanty to Chic, which you will hear her kind of talk about this more on the episode. But years and years ago, I think it was probably six or seven years ago now, Manny and I bought our first house together and I just became with obsessed with all things home decor. And that's how I found Whitney and her sister. And like I said, I've been following them for years. And just a couple of weeks ago, I noticed that their account on Instagram, Shanty to Chic, was following the page that I have for the podcast, which at first I was like, hmm, this this must be some sort of mistake because <laughs> I did not understand why like a home improvement, you know, DIY home decor blog was following my autism podcast page. Well, cut to a few days later and Whitney private messaged me and said she had been listening to the show because her youngest child, she's a mother of six. She is like super mom. Her youngest son, Jed had somewhat recently been diagnosed with autism and she had found the podcast and had been listening and she had never shared their story up until now. And she I'm so honored, felt comfortable to come on the podcast to share their journey. So that's what you're going to hear today. And honestly, Whitney is just such a breath of fresh air. She's so honest and open. And I think for, especially for parents who are, you know, at the more kind of early stages of your journey, I think this will really resonate. But even for parents like me who, you know, are a few years out from the diagnosis or even further than that, we've all understood these feelings and and come from this place. And Whitney just speaks, speaks of that 
that vulnerable place so well and truly just so so heartfelt and sincere so it was honestly just such a pleasure to to get to connect with her and to talk with her and just hear her whole story she's just an absolute doll (laughs) so I know you will enjoy listening to this episode so I'm gonna stop rambling and without further ado here is Whitney Hi, Whitney. Welcome to Adventures in Autism. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, thank you so (laughs) much for being here. You and I were just chatting before we started. Mm -hmm. It it really is like such a small world because you had (laughs) reached out to me as as like a new listener to the podcast, but I already knew you. (laughs) I know. It's (laughs) just through this crazy world. Um, I'll, I'll let you kind of explain all of it, but I'm, I'm so excited to hear your backstory because what I, what I don't know about you is, is your autism journey. Yeah. So I'm really excited to, to just, I'm honored, honestly, to have you on the show today. And I'm really excited to dig into your story. So if you will kind of take us back to the beginning, I will. what that looked like for your family, I'd love okay. to hear. Okay. So it won't be too long, but I'll, keep, <laughs> I'll try to give you all the details and what led me up to ever deciding to have six children. So okay. um, <laughs> uh, my husband and I, uh, Jensen, have been married now for um, 18 years, and um, we had three kiddos off the bat really quickly. So my oldest two daughters, and then we had my son, and um, we were 24 at that time and decided, like, no more kids. We were done. <laughs> forget about it. That's enough. You know, I always look back now and I'm like, how did I ever even handle that? But, um, <laughs> hats off to all those moms, but I survived. Um, but we, my husband, <laughs> the whole story, my husband actually had a vasectomy at that point and we were just done having children and we were just doing life with them. And a few years went by and, um, we moved into a new house and, it was a larger home. My husband, we were able to build. So that was fun. And I just kind of, um, that's kind of when I'll lead into a little bit of to work because I mm-hmm. feel like that kind of leads to this. But my yeah. sister, um, Ashley, uh, she was actually, she got a new home at the same time. So we both were moving into our houses at the same time. This was, how many years ago was this? Goodness. This was like 12 years ago. And we, um, we were looking to do window treatments or something. And I got online and I saw this thing called a blog and I was like, Oh my gosh, what, what is this? Like, and it was this lady talking about her house and telling people how to do stuff. And I think Ashley and I are both like natural teachers. Like that's what we love to do. So we decided that night to start a blog. And that is where kind of, um, Shani the chic, which is, you know, I'll get into that, but that's where that started. So that was, it was just my, my passion, my fun, um, a good release from the kiddos, stuff like that. So uh, fast forward a year, and I decided that I wanted to have more kids. And I begged my husband to have a reversal, which he did after much begging. (laughs) I I don't know if he forgives me still for it, but he did it. (laughs) And it it took some time, but it did work. And we had two more. um, And that is my now um, eight and nine year old and, uh, it's a boy and a girl. Mm-hmm. And, uh, after, after the fifth child, I had to keep up with my numbers there <laughs> after number five, um, that blog that we had started had really kind of taken over, uh, and kind of formed a new life. Like it mm-hmm. really became our brand and started making us some income, which I had really not done prior to getting married, since I'd been married, excuse me, and um, really just started taking up a big 
portion of like my time. And um, so that is, again, we were like, okay, we're done having kiddos. And so I have my five and uh, we started doing this um, HGTV stuff. So through our blog, we had the opportunity to do some TV stuff and it was fun, um, it, but it lasted a good three years. So like beginning to end, it was a process and, you know, kind of took me away from my family quite a bit. And it was when it was over, I felt so good to be done with that season of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, my kiddos all wanted us to have one more baby, um, but we decided to adopt at that point. And uh, so we looked into that. And we're in the state of Texas. So having five kids in the state of Texas trying to adopt a baby because I knew I wanted one that was younger than my youngest child. That way I could keep it in order. And it just kind of that door was kind of shut for us pretty quickly. And that's okay. We were fine with it. But um, I I had to make the choice then if I was going to actually do another pregnancy. Mm -hmm. So and that is where number six came along. So that is we we got pregnant with jed and um had a normal pregnancy my kids were thrilled and um we he was born in august uh, excuse me i don't even know his birthday he was <laughs> there's because there's so many of them i was gonna he, say <laughs> i have three and it's hard for me to keep track so i truly yes <laughs> it's like when i call the doctor and they're like can you please tell me their birthday and i'm like Oh, crud. <laughs> to think about that just a minute. Oh. So he was born in June um, of 2017, 6-15-17. So <laughs> I had a great pregnancy. He was a wonderful baby. You know, all my kids kind of slept through the night pretty easily. We keep a really tight schedule as far as babies go around here. And he just kind of fell in line. It didn't didn't feel any different. Um the first um, indicator, it wasn't really that something was wrong, but just kind of the first hurdle we went through health-wise with him was his um, head. So mm-hmm. when he was about four months old, we noticed that his head was misshapen, which a lot of babies have flat heads, you know. Mm-hmm. And so we were um, sent to a, a doctor for that where he was fitted and we did the whole helmet thing. Uh And, um, it did fix it slightly, but we were at the end of our, um, first helmet and they wanted to put him in a second one because they said his head had grown so quickly, so fast. Uh And so it wasn't able to do what it needed to do. And, but they, they also couldn't promise that it would really help much either. And the cost of it was crazy. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, uh, we just decided his head is perfect just the way it is, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because it really is like, or at least at that time we were told it was a cosmetic thing. So we, um, we chose to just stop with the first helmet and let him grow hair. So <laughs> <laughs> we went from there, um, kept growing, everything felt normal, hit his typical milestones, you know, um, I, I won't, he was, you know, he was making sounds. I won't say he was like talking a ton, but I also, it sounds terrible, but I kind of don't remember when all my kids started talking. It was just like, they get a little bit bigger, then they start walking, they jibber jabber, then it turns into talking. But I I didn't like, I didn't even know when that was for any of my kids. I just knew (laughs) they were all, I mean, in, in my youngest one, um, 
I say that, so I'm sorry. The, the next old, the next youngest one, he was six years old. So mm. it had been a long time since I had a baby in the house. Um, so, um, so it, um, about a year old, he started, um, having difficulty sleeping at night. So these are things that when it happened, it didn't, it was just like, Oh, this, this is our hard baby. You know, like, um, I even remember like thinking all the time, like, Oh my goodness, he is so spoiled with all these siblings. Like he Uh cries and somebody picks him up, you know, and it, but it didn't really bother me because it was just me working at home and he, and that was the other thing. Like he had me all the time, which my other kids didn't have that necessarily as much. And he also had my mother-in-law. So I just, whenever he was fussy or wasn't sleeping, I I just always chalked it up to him being the baby or him just not, not wanting to be away from me or his Gigi. So that was like a lot of what we started seeing initially is just like um, the bad sleeping problems. And when I say sleeping problems, I mean, he would go to sleep just fine, but we called it rally time. He would wake up at about one in the morning and he would bounce in his bed so- happily, mm-hmm. sometimes for two hours at a time. Like it, I wouldn't, uh, this sounds terrible. I wouldn't go up there and like lay down with him. I wouldn't because I, I needed sleep. <laughs> so it would be just like, here's this this kid that can just wake up and have, he's not crying for me. You know, he's just up there. We called it, he was rallying. So mm-hmm. that was like a big, a big thing we started seeing. Um, and then, and when he was I'm trying to think how old he was, it was around when he was about 18 months, he had as uh, an asthma episode. We, at that point, he hadn't had any asthma. My two boys both have it pretty severely, mm-hmm. but it's controlled. Um, but Jed had one and we, I had my boys medicine. So I I used it at the house knowing what I was dealing with and it just kept getting worse. So Mm. I ended up, um, basically rushing him to the ER because he went from, from okay to I'm worried that he might die like pretty quickly. It was pretty crazy. Yeah. I looking back, I see it all now, but at the time I was like, what, you know, this is crazy. And so we were admitted that day and um, he spent, he only spent two days there, but it was just considered a severe asthma attack. And I'm getting water. Sorry, my mouth is dry. Oh, you're <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> I, I normally, I, I normally don't talk this much. So um, <laughs> I do. So. Yeah, okay. Mine's usually texting because I can't talk this much. So anyway, um, he spent the night there and got him on some meds and we were back about three weeks later and it was the exact same thing, same episode. And what I noticed with him is that he wasn't responding like the boys did. So a typical asthma attack, um, it, you know, you give them the medicine and typically they respond at least enough to buy you a good hour in between. He was just, his heart rate was going crazy high and the wheezing wouldn't stop. It's his breasts were way too fast. And I also, he was just looking back, he was so hard to contain there. Um, He was out of his mind the entire time, just screaming and crying. And I just, all I thought was like, he just doesn't respond to medicine like my boys do. He just doesn't respond to treatment as well. Mm -hmm. So um, they changed his meds up. 
got us home and several months went by and summer probably helped just the changing of the weather and stuff. And around his two year old birthday, I, um, I took him in. Okay. So just really, really quick. It's, it's <laughs> on, it's on along this line, but I, I have to, I hope I don't get judged for this, but, um, Oh no, go ahead. Okay. So my husband and I are both self-employed and, insurance in the state of Texas is a joke mm. and for self-employment and um, personal plans and insurance. We had been with Blue Cross, excuse me, with Blue Cross for almost 14 years. And every year, you know, we weren't adding any extra children, but our rates were just skyrocketing. They were so high, but they weren't covering anything. So, mm. and my kids were rarely using the insurance, if that makes sense too. So, when Jed was two and I was at the doctor, we had been on a cash pay system for almost two years, and hmm. which means we didn't have insurance, but we did that knowingly. We had a savings account and we just couldn't afford to buy. It was really like crap insurance, if that makes, you know, that was what I, we were. That was what was available to us, you know? Yeah. Okay. Don't feel like you need to explain insurance stuff. To me, insurance oh, is my gosh. Yes. And I. <laughs> I, I just, I don't, I think it probably sounds so irresponsible that I had like now six kids and no insurance, but it was a very thought out decision. Yes. And it was also like, if it's not available, then I can't, you know, if, if you, if you, if you want me to spend two grand on something that will cover something, then we can talk about that. Right. But you know, it just what it made no sense at all. So, mm-hmm. um, anyway, <laughs> all to say <laughs> when I took Jed to his two year checkup, Um, I had noticed that he, um, wasn't talking as much. So he had about eight to 10 words and it started to lose them or he wasn't saying them anymore. Now I say he lost them, but I went to the doctor and I love her to pieces. And I was like, Hey, I I'm just concerned about his hearing. That's actually why I took him in. He wasn't due for shots or anything else. I just thought he has a hearing problem. So I took him in and she was like, yeah, I I think it's a good idea to go ahead and rule that out. She was like, I don't like messing with ears either way. Let's just, let's just get it checked out. And, um, she also did the M chat while we were there and I actually didn't know what she was doing. She was just asking me all these random questions and Mm -hmm. to which I responded no to, I think 19 out of the 21 of them. So, um, or yes, you know, the, the right. wrong answer is what I gave her. So <laughs> okay. at the end of it, she was like, um, I think it's, let's go ahead and have his eyes and ears checked. However, I want you to really consider looking into, um, possibly having him, uh, assessed for autism. And I was like, I mean, I, I actually walked out of the office kind of laughing to myself, like, oh my goodness, he does. A, I had no idea what autism was. And I'm, mm-hmm. I mean it, I'm dead. Like, I knew a child like close by that had it, I actually knew two, but I didn't know their backstory. I didn't know how that started. And it certainly didn't look like my quote, normal looking baby. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So mm-hmm. my sister was out in the car. She happened to be in town and I left, she gave me a bunch of information. I put, put Jed in the car and I, I was like laughing. I'm like, she, she like wants me to get him looked at for autism, you know? So, and Leisha didn't really say anything, my sister at that time. And we, um, we, we took off and I, I went home, got everything scheduled. 
took him to two different booth hearing tests that he, um, that he failed, like, but he was compliant. Mm -hmm. Like he sat there in my lap and he, you know, the beeps, the names, all that. He didn't respond at all. So I was like, I knew it. It was his ears, you know? Mm. And, um, the, the lady came out and she said, uh, at this point we should do an ABR because we need to like confirm that he is cause he failed this test completely. And so we set up a sedated ABR, which means he has to get put under because he's not going to, he's not going to just fall asleep on his own as we know. (laughs) So, um, we did a sedated ABR and uh, this was just about a month later. He, the doctor came out and said, his ears are perfectly healthy, you know, responding on both sides. He, they're great. And at that point, I think that was like the, the real, like, okay, this is, this is probably this is probably autism, you know, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. he hadn't really started much more of the regression at that point, but it was like the first like kick in the shin. I think for me, a real kick in the shin that wasn't like a hypothetical, but like more of a probably. So Mm -hmm. that was, we paid over $4,000 to have that test done. (gasps) And, um, that was in October. And I, at that point, we just, from then on just started seeing more regression. So he stopped, um, this was just October of last year. He stopped, you know, using all of his words. Um, he stopped playing with his brother and sister. He stopped looking at us. He stopped responding to his name. Um, he started holding his food up really close to his eyes, which we used to laugh at, you know, but not knowing what the heck he was doing, but now we know it's uh, visual stimming. So, um, and I really started diving deep into like the insurance world. Like what, what can I do now? Cause I, Mm -hmm. I, I knew what I was dealing with at that point. And, um, I, (laughs) I had agreed early on, like at the beginning of the year, a friend of mine is a doctor and she had, um, reached out to me about speaking at this women's thing at the, that was then in October of this last year. Mm -hmm. And so at the time I thought, yeah, I got six kids, you know, I mean, like (laughs) I have a full-time job. I thought it was about that. I thought it was just about working and stuff. And so that was in October and I, I desperately wanted to cancel doing it just because, Nothing was important to me at that point. Like, mm-hmm. um, work became very difficult. Um, just because like my job is designing furniture, you know, it's like sharing free plans with people. And I like, it just became so meaningless in the light of something so important, you know, mm-hmm. um, I try not to get emotional. Sorry. I'm such a crier. Oh, I'm a weeper. Trust me. I cry all the time on the show. People okay. to it. Um, no, it's, it's so, I, I love that you said that because I, I can, I mean, I'm in a different place now, but I still yeah. have moments where I'm like, oh my gosh, like this BS does not matter. Like, yes. Yes. So caught up in like this minutia. Yeah. But especially in the early days, like I can remember scrolling through Instagram and I'm a makeup artist. So it's like yeah. same thing. Like my, my, you know, like I'm an esthetician makeup artist, Yeah. my, my career, like in beauty, which I, is super fun and I love it. But at the time yeah. it was like, I was like, who cares about men? Yes. And yes. Like, I'm like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. No, you're, I couldn't, I, I, and it was like, I kept just like to myself, I was like, it, I had no patience for like 
created problems. And I, I, I create my own problems every day, trust me, especially now. <laughs> but at the time it was like, you know, all these things had kind of landed in my lap during that year, during 2019, my oldest son was diagnosed with epilepsy. My, oh, wow. uh, my, young, my youngest daughter, we found out she had two pretty severe learning disabilities. Like all of this kind of like landed in my lap, um, around, around the same time Jed started regressing. And so it was just like, there was just like nothing left that wasn't, I, you know, my whole life was spent just trying to make decisions and figure out what was best for them. Mm-hmm. And there was, like you said, there's just nothing left for unimportant. I, I didn't have time. There wasn't any of me left for that. So, Absolutely. um, it, it changes your perspective for sure. So yeah. Yeah. I, um, kept, we kept working and everything. And I, anyway, this women's center comes up and, um, through, <laughs> I walk in the door And I still don't forgive my friend for this, but it was actually like a parenting thing. Like there were three moms on the board. Okay. So like out on this panel and it's like a mom panel and like just talking about how we do it all as moms. And I was like, I, I think my first line was a, like, I can't even believe she asked me to do this. And then like, if there's anybody that does not need to be giving advice on parenting right now, it's this girl right here. No, (laughs) like it was just, but it was just very much like, it, it was just funny like it's funny it's like part of mm-hmm. how I got him where he is now but yes. through that through that dinner I met um a lady whose best friend is the BCBA and she was um she, she was like I want you to meet her and so when I met her she was amazing I still think she's like an angel in my life I don't even talk to her anymore I actually mm-hmm. thought this is going to be Judd's BCBA like she's gonna this is what I'm gonna do and she ended up um, hooking me up with an insurance broker who was able to use our company, Mine and Ashley's company, to get me some really great healthcare coverage that I didn't even know was available to us. Like mm-hmm. we would have bought it years before if we, my husband had always, it was him that ran the company. So when you only have one employee, at least in Texas, I can't speak for all the other states, but mm-hmm. you know we just, we were only offered an HMO that barely covered anything. And certainly none of the doctors that I take all my kids to like, it just, this was finally like, for me, it became, it was also emotional. Cause I was like, I feel like I know that like God helped us to build this company into something that would now like support my child, like really yeah. support my child, not like buy them books and pay for their food, but like, really pay for my, you know, like really help him with his therapies and, um, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just very much like, so she ended up hooking me up with all that. So, um, oh, I forgot the whole important part, which was the diagnosis. (laughs) (laughs) I I was was like, wait a second. He He did get diagnosed. So it did happen, believe it or not. Okay. Okay. I'll just backtrack a little bit. Y'all just, I have six kids. That's my excuse for everything. You're doing (laughs) It's my, that's my excuse for everything. But, um, (laughs) so when I'm so sorry. So when we were doing the hearing tests and all that good stuff, I started looking around for places to do the diagnosis. And I don't know how many guests you've had from Texas on the show, but it, autism coverage in the state of Texas, I think is ranked one of the lowest, like it, it, it's really sad. Our kids are in a, the kids in Texas are, it's just really sad. But, um, I started looking for a place that could do his diagnosis and I found one pretty quickly. 
and it was kind of a center. Actually, I think heard one of your other guests did something similar, but I made an appointment because it was like a team of like four people and they told me it would be about an hour long and he would receive his diagnosis right there. But that center also does ABA, they do OT and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. it just started feeling like, and of course we're cash paying for whatever we do. So mm-hmm. I just started feeling like this isn't the right place. So yeah. just because I felt like I wanted, I, at the time, I wasn't sure if Jed had autism. I mean, for he's, he wasn't talking and, but for the most part, he was about the same. We hadn't really done the regression stuff yet. So I wanted somebody that would look like whole child, very much look at everything, look at all the different things that could be. And so we took him off that um, appointment that we waited nine weeks. That was just nine weeks. But mm-hmm. I, that I also put him on two lists at two different hospitals that com- came like super highly recommended. That was in July of 2019. He is still on those lists as of today. I have never <laughs> received a phone call. I mean, COVID hit, obviously, but right. But even before that, it was eight months before we did quarantine and we still had not even received anything. But in um, October, as the regression started to get worse, I started looking further out. So I started looking for developmental pediatricians and I found one in Dallas mm-hmm. and um, their first availability was March. But I was like, I mean, it's better than I got anywhere else, you know? Yeah. So I started. Um, it was kind of cool, though, because to even get on their intake, he I had to have his hearing tested and his vision tested all that I had already done. So okay. it was kind of it kind of streamlined the process. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll never forget, like I was driving home from a, a work trip with my sister and uh, they called me because they were looking for one other test that his, it was his ECI notes, which I also forgot to mention ECI. Oh my gosh, it doesn't matter, but it was his <laughs> ECI notes they needed. So I emailed him over. I was on the phone like I, and I called her right back and I said, I just sent him over. Y'all have everything you need can I please make that March appointment? And she pulled her books up and she said, we just had a cancellation over the week of Thanksgiving. Will y'all be here? And I was Mm -hmm. like, I will be there an hour early. (laughs) Yes, I will be. And it was just so cool because I, it worked out the timing where, okay, now if I can get this diagnosis, he can start ABA in January when my insurance starts, like all the things Mm -hmm. just kind of lined up right there. Mm -hmm. Um, So now I'm back to where I was. Um, <laughs> November rolls around <laughs> and I go to the appointment and actually took my mother-in-law because she's been, um, my husband is active, but he also works all the time. And I think she had also the most clear picture of Jed at that point. And I really wanted her input to the doctor just mm-hmm. because I want, I wanted them to know everything about him, similar to like what I'm trying to do right now. So, um, <laughs> She went with me. Um, we, we talked for a couple of hours. I, a couple of things I loved about this doctor was that she was from the East Coast. So the coverage on the East Coast for mo- uh, quite a few places and where she was was much better than Texas. So she had actually been diagnosing autism in children specifically under the age of like five for the last 10 or 15 years or something like that. Mm. And now she specifically works with kiddos under the age of three. So I felt like, okay, I probably couldn't have picked like a better doctor to like, yeah. to, to, that's seen it. They've seen it a thousand times, you know? And so mm-hmm. we talked about everything and she was like, okay, so it was a couple hours. And she was like, of course he's going crazy running wall to wall. 
Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, at this point, we would do the the cognitive type testing. Mm-hmm. And she said, but I, I don't, she was like, I know we would book those out. And I know I can tell you right now, he won't have the ability to even attend to do those. Like, it, and his receptive language at that time was, I think it was like under six months. So I, I knew she was right. Like my heart knew that. And she said, but I don't, I, I really want him to be able to start therapy. And so she actually gave us the diagnosis that day. And I know some people might not agree with that, but it was, um, and he, he, he was diagnosed as severe. Um, Mm -hmm. and it was like, I already knew it. And she even said that, like, she was like, you already know what I'm going to say. And I, she was like, "I, I believe that. And she was like, but I want you to know that this is not, um, a prognosis for Jed. This is mm-hmm. a diagnosis to get him the services that he needs. And mm-hmm. that has always stuck with me. Like, and it just, even though I was bawling, it felt good to hear, yeah. you know, and it, it was good. So that was November 27th. We got his diagnosis and, um, then we started ABA on January 7th. Um, that, that BCBA that I had met, hooked me up, got me the insurance. I really thought we were going to be at her clinic. And, um, I went to her clinic and I, I just left sad. Like I thought, okay, this is what we worked so hard to get him. Like it wasn't, it's not a bad place. And I've heard wonderful things. It just, I just didn't have a piece about it. And it just felt sad Mm -hmm. when I left. And she actually called me like a week later and she was like, Hey, your doctor didn't give us the ADOS that we needed for insurance. Um, so can you call them? Well, I guess because my doctor is from a different state, she did a different test. Um, I don't even know what it's called, actually. I would know if you said it, but I don't know what it is. Scars or something. And oh, um, okay. I'm familiar with ADOS, so I don't, I don't even know. Yeah, well, we, so I, she, I call them to, I'm like, hey, I need to get the ADOS then. Whatever, whatever y'all need to do, let me do it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay, well, we can't get you in until, I mean, it was going to be like February or something. Mm. And I, but she called me back and she was like, this, this is, this is, this is fine for like, there's no reason this shouldn't, it was like this back and forth. Well, rather than waiting, I get online and I start looking for places that could give me an ADOS that after, you know, I'm like, I want right now, like whatever, (laughs) wherever I need to go. And I ended up finding his clinic that is actually one his pediatrician had told me about. It's right down the street from me. And I was so against it because I thought, initially, because I was like, there's more than one. So it can't be like quality. You know, it's like McDonald's or something. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That was like literally what I thought. I was like, this is mm-hmm. it's probably like uh, whatever. But I went there and uh, I called them and I, I honestly, I acted like I was just touring it, but I was just going to get my Adolf. That's the only reason I was going. Um, but I walked in there and my mother-in-law went with me and I was like, this is where Jeb belongs. Like, this is mm-hmm. his place. And, um, He's been there ever since, and it is very difficult not to give them a gift every day because I'm like, oh god, how do you thank someone that has changed your life? You know, like, um, yes, it's oh wonderful. So that's fast forward. <laughs> that's oh. just that's kind of his story in a nutshell. So yes. he's been there now for eight months, um, and I, um, Ashley, and I don't share we've just never really shared our families in general on, um, so like, for those of you that don't know what Shani to Chic is, um, it kind of, when it took on a life of its own and kind of became this brand, social media was a huge aspect of it. So 
we have a, a pretty large social media following and we had just decided when this all happened that we were going to focus on the brand of it. So even though we were quote bloggers, it was, we were there sharing our brand. We weren't sharing our family stories and struggles. And even though I love reading them and love hearing them, <laughs> I just, I think I also, we we're both kind of insecure like that. We're also, we're always like, even reaching out to you, I was like, nobody would really want to hear this. Like, there's nothing really interesting about this story. You know what I mean? Like that is, and that, and that might be the case, but I also, no. I've heard every story I hear. I'm also like, oh, I'm, I'm so glad I heard that. So I thought mm -hmm. if anybody, you know, I had a little bit of insecurity there, but like with, with our brand, it's like, so with my brand, um, you know, we, we don't share personal stuff. Like we've just, when we turned it into a brand, we made it just that, like, you know, you don't buy a shoe magazine to look at parenting stuff. Like you, you buy it to see shoes, you know? So it was like our readers, they want to see furniture and, they don't care about my kids and, and that's okay. I, I don't care that they do, but it was just, a, it was something we did early on, especially before the television stuff that we just thought this is what we want to do with our social media. So, um, in March, I, you know, work had become hard. It was, it was getting easier now that I had Jed and ABA because it was like the first time where I felt like, I could help him and I could give him what he needed and I wasn't at a loss on what to do. So things were just getting easier. And I just, I wasn't, you know, building before I was like building new rooms for him or building security walls. So he wouldn't escape. And now it was like, okay, I can, he's an ABA now. I, I had time to like kind of focus. And I remember just, it, it was kind of all when the COVID stuff started and the quarantine stuff started and there was just so much negativity on social media. Um, mm. I, I still is. I just, I can't even stand it. And I remember I was cleaning my grout in my kitchen. Cause like, <laughs> that's what you do when you have time on your hands, you know? And I just had like this overwhelming sense of like pride and, and so much joy. And I was just proud of him. Mm -hmm. And I, at that point, I like, I stood up picture that I had of him and I, when he first started therapy, put it on our social media. And I, it was just like, I, I, I think about it. Cause I was like, um, for me, it was like, I, I felt like I was hiding something, but, um, and why would you hide something you're so proud of? But it really wasn't that. And I've thought so much more about it. It was like, I think that, um, like when you have something important or valuable, you, you hide it and you put it away because you don't want it to be stolen or defaced or, um, for, for anybody to make it ugly. And it wasn't like that I was hiding Jed, that I was worried about what they would say about him because I don't, we have thick skin, you know, we, it doesn't matter, but it was more like his story. Like nobody knew what we had gone through mm -hmm. as a family for almost a year to get to where he's at. Like it was such a struggle, but it was like, and it was full of so many like downs, but it was also full of like so many ups and so many times that God was, I just like never seen his hands so clearly, but like, those are things that they're so valuable to me. 
um, and where Jed is at right now and everything that happened is so like that story is so valuable to me. And I just wanted to protect it. Like I didn't want to put it out there. I didn't feel like anybody had the right to have an opinion on it. If that makes any sense at all, <laughs> that might sound crazy. But... No, I, <laughs> okay. I used to say that I didn't even want people this is how crazy I was. I <laughs> want like my mom or my sister to talk about Logan with anybody because I felt like they weren't going to say the right thing about him. Like yes. only I could say the right yes. thing about him as his mother. And it's yes. like, that's, you know, my sister, his aunt and my, my mom, his grandma, like they, they love him to the moon. You know what I mean? So it's yes. like, but it's just, I, I a hundred percent understand like that, that protectiveness that, yeah. that you feel. Yeah. It's, it's, and it wasn't like me worried about being judged as a mom or, you know, I mean, and, and it was the first child, like I built his crib and put that on social media. Like it was the first child that had actually, he made a couple of our YouTube videos. Like it was the first child that actually really kind of people even knew about, you know, Mm -hmm. they probably don't even know I have six kids and (laughs) honestly, or maybe that I'm even a mom (laughs) other than the furniture I build, but I just thought, you know, it wasn't even like that. I don't care what, I don't care what they say about me. It was just like, it was just such a, it was just such a concrete, like important piece that I didn't want anyone to, to touch. I didn't want to, it was, it was mine, you know, and it was ours. So when I did though, it was just, gosh, it was just crazy how, what the positive response was. I, I actually I mean, I quit reading because there were, there were thousands of comments. I quit reading, but, um, I, I never read a negative one. And Mm -hmm. I, I also got like so many, it was cool because like on the YouTube video where it came out on that, it was like so many older moms with boys, actually boys that were older. Cause I had mentioned that he likes to run wall to wall. Like that's one of his stems is to, they call it pacing. I'm like, that's not pacing. That's a full out sprint, yep. but, <laughs> but that's what he does. And it's just funny. Cause they're like, Oh my, my 24 year old does that still mm-hmm. <laughs> like, stuff. Like, it was just like, um, it was just so great to finally have like someone that understood what I was talking about and mm-hmm. cared to hear about it, you know? And my husband had always said, like, it's not that, and we learned this early on, even with my family, like, it's not, he always says, it's not that they don't care. And it's not that they don't love us or love Jed. They just don't understand. And we can't expect them to. And I like, I I still believe that. And that was one reason I never even shared on with the, you know, with the brand. Cause it was mm-hmm. like, if my family, if my own family who spends a lot of time with them, even if, if they can't understand it why would I expect a mass of people to, you know? Mm -hmm. So, but it was like, um, I haven't talked about it since that's all they got to know. (laughs) You know, you got, you got your little peek into his life and that's all you get. But it was, um, it was very therapeutic. It was, um, Mm -hmm. hard to explain, but, um, it's out there and, Everyone knows now. <laughs> now it's so, really <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. So here we are now. So yes. that's, yeah. Thank you so much for, for sharing this story. I mean, I, <sighs> I know Jed is like somewhat newly diagnosed and I can yeah. tell that the emotions are still, you know, yeah. pretty <laughs> raw. And I so I really I just think your your sincerity and, and vulnerability are like really shine through. And I think 
everyone listening can relate to that, whether your child was diagnosed last week or 20 years ago. Cause it's like, like you said, or your husband had said, until you have gone through this journey yeah. and you understand, I'm going to say pain. And I don't, I don't mean pain because like th- there's, there's different kind of pain, but mm-hmm. it's like that ache, that ache in your heart to just want to help your child until yes. you've been through that, you wouldn't understand it. Mm-hmm. But everyone listening to this podcast understands it. So yes. I just appreciate you being, being so open and so vulnerable. Um, I mean, you, you said like a million things. <laughs> I, I know. I'm like so we're sorry. So... No, it was amazing. It was, it I was told so... you I'm a talker. <laughs> yeah, a girl, me too. No, it was so, it was so lovely to just like kind of get to hear the whole story. You sent me that, that post that you had put mm-hmm. up and I read through some of the comments mm-hmm. and they, they blew me away too. And I, I yeah. think like you had said, you're like, well, no one's going to care about, you know, what I'm doing. Cause I have this, this business and it's furniture, but mm-hmm. it just, it's especially like I said, like when you understand that, that pain, you have that like ache in your heart, mm-hmm. the, the people who connect with that. Cause I did, I read a lot of the comments and they were like, Oh, like my son has autism or my grandson or my daughter. Yeah. And like, there were a lot of people cause it's, it really is like, it's such a connection mm-hmm. when you, when you have that. And it's like, you don't even really have to say anything else. It's just like, Oh, you're, you're my people. Like you get Yes. It. Yeah. Well, and that's what I, I, when I was trying to like, explain how I felt about it because we've we've seen heartache with other your other kids like my son and his epilepsy that has been a whole different podcast you know like (laughs) but like we've seen it and it was just different like with Jed the way that the best way that I ever could explain it was I had kids all around me I've got five other kids I'm I'm working I'm around people all the time but it was like the most isolating journey the most isolating time in my life and that's the only way that I can put it so when I found podcasts of like yours of these other moms that I'm like, Oh, I don't know what it is. It's therapy to listen to. And (laughs) I, I I realized that some people may never listen. They won't have to, but for me, it was just like, okay, here's some other people that have walked in the same, they get it. You know, they're my people. And so that's when I was like, okay, I will, take this treasure out this tre- my story which is my our treasure mine and Jed's and our families and I will share it because they they won't deface it they won't mm-hmm. try to try to do anything to it you know like social media yeah. does sometimes so oh, yeah sure. <laughs> well it is a treasure and it's it's so interesting too because like you and I were talking about before like you said this journey it it really especially in the beginning it does feel so isolating you really feel yeah. like you were just like on this island you know, with, with no, no raft by yourself. Yes. It, yes. It's very, very lonely. Um, but the other thing that's so interesting for you is that, like you said, you have six kids. So yeah. I can't imagine how, cause Logan's my oldest, like how yeah. it, it would have felt to go through this, you know, five other times and feel like, you know, you're a rock star mom at that point. Like totally. Like, <laughs> I got my, all... I got my act together. I yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, I've said this before with my, cause my youngest, my, my third, she ended up in the NICU and I was like, mm. I was a third time mom. And I was like thinking, oh my gosh, like I got this, like, we're going to have this baby and bring in action. <laughs> and then I felt so helpless. Like I, I could barely even hold her. I mean, she was yeah. like in the little isolate. So I'm mm-hmm. sure like in some ways I can relate to that, but what was that like for you then? It was like, you've gone through like so many years of parenting at that point and so many like different parenting stories. And then to have this whole new thing and kind of turn all that on its head. How was that yeah. thing for you? 
Um, that's a great question. <laughs> I, I, I am, had a lot of guilt in the beginning that I missed um, so many clues um, because I did like, I, I just like you, like I laugh, like, Oh yeah, I should write a book. You know, like I know how to have a baby. I can't, I can't take them through their teen years really well, but I can, <laughs> I can have a baby and put that baby on a sleep schedule. No problem. <laughs> you know, like I had it, but I think when, when he was finally diagnosed, I did have quite a bit of guilt at first. Cause I'm like, how does a mom of five other kids miss that? their baby even only said eight words like that alone or the fact that he was you know I was having to move furniture out of his room why wasn't that a red flag and Mm -hmm. you know all or like that he was not sleeping at night all these little and I I even talked to my pediatrician about his pediatrician and I just told her that like I had so much guilt about that and she was like it's not that you missed anything it's just like all those little pieces started coming together to where you could mm-hmm. see the bigger picture. So that helped me. And I, and I do, I'm like, I'm not going to live with that guilt. Cause like it, it, I, you don't know what you don't know. And I, mm-hmm. I didn't know what autism was. And that's like, I like, I was just blown away. I've learned so much. It's mm-hmm. just, but you know, seeing his, seeing his brother, I lo- also love having the siblings because that has been one of my favorite things about autism is watching them like learn about it. They're all like kind of little therapists. We do his feeding Mm -hmm. therapy here at the house. And so they've like listened to how she talks and stuff. And it's just, Mm -hmm. it's so interesting. Like, and their love for him is, is just so great. So I don't know, like I felt, I did feel like I actually used to say like when Jed, before I knew he had autism, um, And then kind of at the beginning, like when he was first, like the word came to my attention Mm -hmm. that God had a sense of humor. Like, you know, you think you got your all act together and stuff, but Mm -hmm. I really quit saying that. So I was like, it was just not funny anymore. It was really sad, you know, and it was hard. And, um, I am like, I'm definitely in a better place than I was last June. Mm -hmm. But, um, I, I just think that it was just such a humbling experience and, Yes. Um, I'm proud of all my kids, but the kids always laugh and say, Jed's my favorite, but <laughs> we say that's okay. Cause he has special needs. So like he, <laughs> he yes. gets to be the favorite. <laughs> well, he's also your baby. And yeah. I feel like that's how I know that I'm done. Cause my youngest, yeah. like I have, I have very different feelings about her than I do about my two other. <laughs> I like I that is so the true. Baby, the baby thing now, like my my brother is a baby, and I would always give my mom a hard time about. Oh my gosh, she's your favorite. You baby him so much, and now I'm like, I get it. I understand. Yes. <laughs> you from with that. Oh, um, I love that, it. That's so. I love what you said about the siblings because honestly, like that that really is like one of the at least for our family. I know it's not like this for everyone, especially as kids get older. Yeah. But that has been like one of the absolute sweetest parts of this journey is yes. seeing my daughters with Logan and like they are they're little they're four and two mm-hmm. and especially my four-year-old she is like such a little therapist and mm. so so helpful with him so I mean wise beyond her years and she I truly don't think that she would have 
you know, this skill set. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If she she didn't have Logan and Mm -hmm. I mean, it really like, it's, it's so it's, it definitely is such a challenge. I never want to be, Oh, autism is easy because it's not. Mm -hmm. Um, But it really, there, there are so many blessings that come. Blessings. Oh my goodness. Yes. And I am like super thankful that I am thankful that he is number six and the last, because I probably (laughs) would not have six kids if we're, you know, obviously. (laughs) Um, But I also, I, you know, I, I do, I understand like, all right, I can't, I can't really say that I understand, but I can feel for these women that have had one and they're scared to have two or three. Cause like, mm-hmm. what if, and I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm just thankful I'm not in the place to make that decision, <laughs> but all I can say from the other end of it is that siblings, I mean, I also grew up with four siblings and they're still my best friend. So it's like, you know, I, I, I want to just encourage, like, you can do it. It doesn't matter what it looks like. You can do it, you know? And I, I do believe that, but I also like, you know, they have a different journey than me. So I can't really, I, I hate giving that advice, but I'm always like, you got it. Just have one. It's fine. <laughs> it's so, that comes up a lot on this show. And I feel like it's, it's such a, it's such a powerful topic. Cause like you said, I mean, it's your, your siblings, nobody understands your life. Like yeah. the like they're the only ones who are like in the trenches with you through, yes. you know, everything. Uh, so siblings really are like such a gift, yeah. uh, but I, I understand. I get where I've talked to many moms who have said mm-hmm. like, this is my only, and you know, this is all we can kind of take on our plate. And I, right. I don't judge that. You know what I mean? It's like, we yes. have our own journey. We all know our limits yes. and kind of what's, what's best for us and our family. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Well, Whitney, I really could like talk to you <laughs> forever. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk again. This has been such a joy. And I know. Like thank I you so said, much. Yes. Thank you so, so much for coming to the show. And I, I truly am so honored that mm. you shared this story here uh, for the first time, but just at all, because like you said, I can tell how precious just, I mean, obviously how precious Jed is to you, but like you said, this, this story, it really mm-hmm. is. It, our children are, 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 I said to my son's therapist this morning when I dropped him off, I was like, he is my beating heart. Like yes. <laughs> here's my, yes. my beating heart. You know what I mean? No, and that's so, so true. Like, yes. Yeah, like this, this story really is like so precious. Um, and I'm, I'm just, I'm so honored that you, you chose to share it here and just to hear it, it was, it was so powerful and so moving and you're doing amazing. Jed is doing amazing. I know you are. I mean, I always say like, I'm at the beginning of my journey. So it's like, we're all if we have young kids, like we're all at the beginning, but hearing, yes. hearing from you, you know, like that, this is still, still pretty new. I just know like you and Jed, your whole family are just going to soar. Thank you. That's encouraging. I appreciate it. Yeah. And I'll, and I'll continue yeah. listening to your podcast as therapy. Oh, yay. <laughs> I appreciate it. Okay. Do you want to share? I know we said, we said Shanty to Chic is where people can find you like on social media. Yes. Um, if okay. you are crazy and want to build furniture, like, cause that is what we do and decorate houses, then you can find uh, my sister and I at Shanty to Chic, uh, which is all one word. And yeah, that's what we do. There's going to be no autism there, but you can definitely find furniture. <laughs> well, and that's There's like, a lot of meaningless things there, but not. No, it's, it's pretty stuff. And sometimes you do need to like get your mind. Oh, it's like, been, it that. has been, you know, you're yeah. exactly right. And I, I will say I'm so thankful for my job in the first two weeks of his therapy because him being gone those hours during the day, I was like, what wall can I paint and what piece of furniture can I build? Cause that was hard. So I was like, okay, 
I became very project oriented. So I am thankful. I'm very thankful. Yes. Well, and it's just so funny that all those years ago, I, when we bought our first house, I (laughs) followed your account and I, I saw your show on HGTV. And I've, so when you had, when you reached out to me, it was just like, it was, it was so, (laughs) I'm so happy to hear from you. And I'm truly so happy to have had you on the show. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you, Megan. I appreciate it. All right. You take care. Okay. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. For you, the listeners of Adventures in Autism podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I often get asked for book recommendations related to autism, and one that I always go back to is called The Out of Sync Child by Carol Kranowitz, and it was actually recommended to me by a friend who is also an OT, and I read this book years ago before Logan was even diagnosed. It's not necessarily just for autism. It also goes into like sensory processing disorder or ADHD, but it's just very valuable information and a really great resource that I still pull from today, even though I read it years ago. So that's a really good one. Sometimes just to get my mind off things, I also just enjoy good old chiclet. (laughs) I love anything by Emily Giffen, like something borrowed or something blue. And those are available on Audible as well, but you can pick from any of their titles. So to download Download your free audiobook today. Go to audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism. All one word. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism for your free audiobook. Okay. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to my conversation with Whitney. Isn't she just amazing? I truly loved hearing her story. She's just so honest and comes from such a a vulnerable place that I feel like whenever I talk to anybody and they can, you know, kind of like shed those layers and really like get down to the nitty gritty of it, those conversations just like truly feed my soul. And that's exactly what this one was like. And I, I, I loved so much hearing her just her story of motherhood and how, you know, Jed was her, her youngest child. And I had said to her kind of before we even started recording that she has such a unique perspective on motherhood, you know, being a mother of six and having like, you know, some of her children are teenagers. And then she has Jed, who's, you know, just like a toddler, preschooler, basically. And what a what an interesting journey to think like, oh, you know, six kids in, like I got this motherhood thing figured out. And then here comes this whole autism thing to like throw everything on its head. And she was just like, yes, that's my story. (laughs) Um, It's, it's so, it's so interesting, but I, I really had such a great time talking with her. And I, again, I'm just so honored that she chose to share her journey for the first time on this little old podcast. So thank you so much, Whitney, for coming on the show. Anyone who, you know, was not familiar with Whitney and you are into, home decor and DIY stuff. Her and her sister are incredible. The furniture they build is unbelievable. So definitely follow Shandy to Chic. And if you want to connect with me, you can find me on Facebook at Adventures in Autism Podcast or on Instagram at Adventures in Autism Pod, or you can email me at Adventures in Autism 2018 at yahoo.com. I love to hear from you guys, especially if you're a new listener, you just found the show. 
say hey. I always love hearing from you guys. If you have been enjoying the show and you would be so kind to leave a review, a rating review on Apple Podcasts, that would be amazing. That really does help people to find the show and it honestly just means so much to me. So if you have a moment to leave the review, that's great. If not, just tap that five star because that really helps too. Um, But on that note, that is all for today. And until next time, take care.